0: Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. Who are this season's top 50 NHL players? You can find out starting right now on the Locked On NHL podcast as Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network. You're Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, September 13th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts. Odyssey, Spotify, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well.
1: Welcome, everyone, to this special crossover episode between Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Blackhawks. Again, so I am Robin Leano, host of Locked On Coyotes. Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks joining us on today's episode. Uh, Jack, how are you doing?
0: Robin, I'm doing great. Excited to uh, get the Central Division back. I know you guys are the newcomers this year, but uh, excited to get things back in order a little bit and uh, have the divisions back to as they should be. And it, it should be a fun year for both our teams.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to you know talking to everyone here. So obviously everyone's already heard um on this coyote side us talk to uh seth Topol and chris Maselli of uh, uh wild and avalanche the locked on shows there and they've already heard them on the on the coyote show before because they were part of our west division this is the first time that i'm talking with you because this we're finally going to have you know we're back in the regular divisions but and coyotes now first time in central division so welcome party for us
0: absolutely and uh it's going to be a dogfight of a central division, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's pretty tough top to bottom, so it, it should be a, a little bit of a harsh welcome, welcome I'm thinking, for the Kaidos this year, but we'll get into that a little bit later.
1: Absolutely. So how we're going to do this episode, uh, we'll keep the same format as we've done the previous two crossovers. We'll start off with uh, questions for the Blackhawks, and then second segment, we can go ahead and uh, flip the coin. Jack will uh, be able to ask questions. Us questions about the Coyotes, and then we will make some predictions about the, uh, the overall year for both teams, just in general, everything of uh, the sorts there. So let's go ahead and start off with the questions. So, Jack, Blackhawks this year making a lot of moves. Uh, let's, let's start with obviously the big one getting the trade for Marc Andre Fleury. First, how did you guys do it? And how did you guys get like, it seemed he didn't, he like was going to think about retiring. How'd you convince him to get the play?
0: Yeah, it was a pretty hectic couple of days there for sure. Um, I remember it it was free agency week. I think it was free agency was supposed to open on Wednesday. So leading up to that week, I was trying to get in a a round of golf, actually. And I I was out on the 10th hole, I want to say, thinking it was just going to be, you know, a calm day. The next day is supposed to be the hectic day. All of a sudden, I get a pop-up on my phone, Blackhawks have acquired Marc-Andre Fleury. And I'm like, what just happened? And and the couple weeks leading up to that, the Blackhawks were supposedly in the conversation for Marc-Andre Fleury. That was one of the potential destinations if Vegas was going to move his contract. Chicago was one of the teams interested. But just looking at the shape of the team and also um, a couple days earlier, we had just acquired Seth Jones. That's a big cap hit going forward. So, financially and just kind of with the shape of the roster, although the Blackhawks were interested, I just didn't really see how it was going to fit. But then, sure enough, boom, that Tuesday before free agency, Marc Andre Fleury comes to Chicago. Uh, and it was a hell of a deal as well. I mean, no secret that Vegas was just trying to, to kind of get rid of that money. We only gave up Michael Hackerinen in exchange for Fleury in that deal. And Hackerinen actually, uh, Vegas kind of said, You guys can keep him. I'm. He could play in your system until uh, he's NHL ready, which I I don't know how the terms of that deal works. But basically the Blackhawks gave up literally nothing to get Marc-Andre Fleury. But the kicker here was there wasn't 100% certainty that Fleury was even going to play for another team this season. He had talked with Vegas, talked with his agent, said, you know, if I'm not playing here, I've got my family settled in suburban Las Vegas. I don't really want to move them again. So I don't know if it's going to be worth it to play for another team. But after a couple of conversations, he ultimately did decide that he's going to suit up for the Blackhawks this season. Uh, it's only a one-year contract, so I, I do have a feeling it's probably just going to be a one-year stint, but man, oh man, does that make a huge difference for this team going forward? because, well, well, first, the Blackhawks, they've struggled defensively for the last handful of years. That's really been their heel as a team. And they made they made some big additions in that department as well. But having a sure a guy who just won the Vesna Trophy and performed tremendously during the Stanley Cup playoffs, to have him come in and now be our number one netminder instead of Kevin Lankinen, who was only going to be a sophomore at the NHL level, not really sure if he was ready to handle that full-time starter role. To have that addition now of a Vesna Trophy candidate, a caliber goalie, excuse me, in net, that makes such a huge difference for the Blackhawks. And with that addition, it, it makes them legit playoff contenders, I do believe, Robin, because e- even if some of the the new additions come in and struggle right away, we got a sturdy brick wall back there to help us out. So the addition of Mark andre Fleury, A-plus in all, in all aspects, in my opinion. The trade was fantastic. We gave up literally nothing. And now we got arguably the best netminder in the league for one more season and um, maybe more if he does want to continue in Chicago. But without a doubt, Robin, I mean, that was – um, getting Seth Jones was big but getting Mark andre Fleury for this year really I think solidified the Blackhawks wanting to be serious contenders for the playoffs
1: yeah I remember when uh, when the Blackhawks acquired Seth Jones you know some people were saying so are the Blackhawks making a you know a push for the playoffs at that point I know I was even questioning I'm just like hold on, let's let's pump the brakes here I want to see a little bit more and then the Fleury deal came in like oh yeah they're they're trying to do something here, and they're it's, they're making the central division really interesting. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, let's go to that Seth Jones acqu- acquisition because obviously um, now going into his final year of, so I'm looking as cat friendly, uh, five point four million going on ten to eight, pretty hefty contract. Oh yeah. What do you, what's your expectations from Seth Jones?
0: The expectations for that price tag, it has to, he has to come in and be the anchor back there that the Blackhawks have needed for the last handful of years it's not a knock on Duncan Keith but at his age and all the mileage he had with him being our number one defender the past couple seasons it really just didn't give the Blackhawks that much of a chance to survive back there I mean again not a knock on dunks but at this stage of his career he just was not a number one and now that he's gone in Edmonton Seth can come in and the hope and the expectations is that he has to solidify this defense. I talked about it a moment ago. That's been the heel for the Blackhawks the past couple seasons. They've been getting swarmed in their own zone way too often night in and night out. The expectation is that Seth Jones has to solidify things. He has to be a strong two-way force that can drive play offensively and also hold it down in, in the defensive zone as well. We really need him to be good defensively, but I think a huge, uh, other addition along with Seth Jones was getting Jake McCabe too from Buffalo because now Jake McCabe known as a really good solid defensive defenseman I think that kind of takes the pressure a little bit off Seth of having to be uh the rock defensively for the Blackhawks he can go out there and and do the things that he can do offensively without really having to worry about being the reliable guy the the sturdy defenseman that has to you know always be back uh, in transition for the Blackhawks. I think getting Jake McCabe allows Seth to kind of do the things that he does best, go up there, skate the puck through the neutral zone and make things happen in the offensive zone. So uh, the expectation for sure for Seth Jones is he has to come in and sturdy the play for the Blackhawks. Um, but with some other additions, I think they they have made his life a little bit easier going forward to do that.
1: I guess the last thing for me in terms of questions for the, uh, the Blackhawks is, you know, in the past, obviously this was before, you know, the Coyotes and the Blackhawks were in the same division. But these two teams have always had really good trade relations. I, mm-hmm. think, I think there's always like a trade between these two teams every freaking year. Um, to my knowledge, I think, uh, I'm trying to think players that have played for the Coyotes organization before looking on your roster. I think Adam Godet played maybe like a few games, if anything. Um, but uh, Dylan Strom, obviously, is the big one. Uh, he was supposed to be like the future of the franchise when he first got drafted, I think it was what, third overall in 2015? Over Mitch Marner. Yeah, over Mitch Marner, which was ridiculous. But still, how has he, how has he done for you guys?
0: Yeah, I definitely want to talk about uh, the trades that these two teams have made throughout the years. But uh, starting with Dylan Strom, that first year that he came over in that trade for Nick Schmaltz, that first I think it was 61 games he played, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, but he was nearly a point-per-game guy that first season he came over. He was getting top-line looks with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett, his good buddy, obviously, from his day back in. Juniors with the Erie Otters. And, and it really looked like um, he, he was going to be that number two center of the future for the Blackhawks. And that's really why they made that trade, was because they had some doubts about Nick Schmaltz, and they probably just felt a little more confident about Dylan and his upside at the time, but since that first half season, when he came over, it's been a struggle for him, man. They have bounced him around between center and wing. He hasn't looked good at all on the wing, but due to the center depth that the Blackhawks, all of a sudden now have, it looks like he probably has to play there in order to be part of this team going forward. It's been troublesome for him. I can't lie. Uh, he just really hasn't been able to find a role and stick in it. He's been, as I said, bouncing between positions, never has solidified a spot in the lineup, he's always bouncing between the first, second, third lines, never as consistent line mates. And I, I think that's kind of hurt his development a little bit. Me personally, I think the Blackhawks kind of just need to stick him in a spot, stop jumbling him between positions, let the kid go play where he needs to play, stick at one spot, and just show some confidence in him. I think the Blackhawks ha- have done a little bit of a due diligence with Dylan Strome because they haven't given him the same opportunities night in and night out. And that's, that's hindered his development, I think, a little bit. Uh, I mean, again, he's still only 24 years old, you know, so there's still some time there, but his clock is ticking in Chicago. If he doesn't show something this year, he may be on his way out, honestly. And I even thought that there was potential for him to be traded over the offseason. But when I spoke with a, a source that was pretty close with the Blackhawks organization, he's an upbeat writer for the Blackhawks, he said that the locker room would be absolutely destroyed if Dylan Strome were to be traded. He's a key locker room piece. so. Doesn't seem like the Blackhawks are itching to move Dylan Strome, but due to his struggles the past couple of seasons, I think if it doesn't go well this year, you know that that could be it for his time in Chicago. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I've I've I've, I've always felt bad for his development when he was with when he was with Arizona. Um, I mean, I think they they used they used him poorly. At, like, and I was glad to see you know how he how he with that with that start that he had like, that you were mentioning because. Obviously obviously, I was hoping that's what he thats what—that's what he would get, essentially, those top-line minutes. Because he was only right. – in Arizona, the max, he would, like, it would be like, oh, here's a uh, fourth-line, like, you know, 10 minutes a game. And then, all right, back down to Tucson, you go, I'm like, really?
0: For yeah, the- and there's certain guys where, a- as I've learned throughout the years of watching hockey, there's just certain guys that have to play with skill players to get the job done. And with, with Dylan Strom, I think the thing that makes that – more prevalent is because he, he doesn't really have the speed. He, he's not a top-tier skater at the NHL level, so that's really hindered his playmaking ability. So he, he's kind of the guy that needs to play a second or uh, a third-line role with scores around him in order to have success offensively. I don't think he's a guy that he himself is going to make things happen, but if he's around playmakers, he has the offensive skill set to do so. So whenever you give guys like that a fourth-line role with grinders, you know, guys that <laughs> – they, they can't really do anything in the offensive zone with the puck on their stick. That, that doesn't do Dylan Strom any good. And that's actually um, what I was hearing a lot of too, before the trade occurred a couple seasons back when he headed to Chicago is that they really didn't give him any sort of role that he would thrive in.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's why, you know, why I had to ask about it and especially cause that's obviously that was probably the biggest trade <laughs> of the last few years between the two, these two teams.
0: All right, this special crossover edition of Lockdown Blackhawks will continue in just a minute. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code Lockdown, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball has taken over for the summer, however, Football season is starting up on Thursday. And also, UFC this fall. We got some good fights coming up, ladies and gentlemen. So for any sport you want to gamble on right now, you can get all the latest odds, news, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code On. that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. I also need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's actually uh a, a good point to flip on over to me asking you some questions because I, I gotta know about Nick Schmaltz. How, how's he been h- hanging in uh with the coyotes organization organization since that deal went down?
1: Uh Schmaltz has been doing pretty good. Right now he's been uh he's he's been like the the top the top center right now. He's the number one the, the number one center. Which is insane a lot for the coyotes team. <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, would I put him as a top as a number as the number 1 seat anywhere else? And no, absolutely not. But I mean, he still gets the job done. I think there were there were a couple games where he, I think he was put alongside um I'm trying to think there, yeah, there was like the special line that they put that it was like it, it was him, I think Garland on there and then just like like at least those two team those two players together just like my god, he's right. got freaking lethal. <laughs>
0: And Schmaltz's puck handling abilities, have there's never been a doubt in that aspect. Like His playmaking is there. Without a doubt, he he can drive possession and he can create for his teammates. But the thing that really got him traded, I believe, is the lack of a goal-scoring touch because when he was given opportunities to play with Patrick Kane and be that second-line center, usually the Blackhawks split things up when Tays and Kane are healthy, hoping Jonathan Tays can be healthy for this season. But they'd like to have Jonathan Tays on the first line and then Kane on the second and Schmaltz was a center there for uh, a year and a half. And really what just stood out was that Schmaltz just, he just always felt too complacent with the puck on his stick to try to make the pretty play happen. He, he wasn't a guy that was itching to put the puck on the net. Has that kind of been the same story for him during his time with the Coyotes? I, I did notice he only scored 10 goals and 52 games last season.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, I think that, I think that really goes with playing alongside, um, you know Connor Garland most of the most of that season because everyone wanted to give the puck to Connor Garland because right. he because he, he was the the hot commodity of the team. Everyone wanted to make sure he would score as much as possible to you know lift the life out of this Coyotes team because <laughs> he was he was that like a massive silver lining that lights like, like oh my god this guy's a superstar like he is our superstar and um and obviously to me it doesn't surprise me i watched Connor garland for years when he was in tucson even and it's uh but yeah that's what pretty much why like why it's that case so yeah he's pretty much been that been, been that same way and i think um like i mean why would he want to change that if he's alongside one of the top goal scorers on the team
0: right uh, that that does make sense um other, another question I, I wanted to ask, I guess it kind of relates to Nick Schmaltz in a way, but I noticed that Nick Schmaltz is one of the few players that the Coyotes do have under term on their roster at the moment. When I look at their cap friendly, whole lot of uh, UFAs and RFAs coming up after this season. What's going to happen this year with the Coyotes? I mean with all the draft, the slew of draft picks that they have, for those of uh, my my Blackhawks listeners out there, if you didn't know, the Arizona Coyotes have eight picks in the first two rounds in next year's NHL draft. But I'm kind of curious as to um, what's the plan with these players on the roster right now? Is it just kind of wait and see how the year's going to go? And if some guys look good, we'll keep them around? Or what's kind of the expectation with with this group? Because as I said, just a lot of guys not under contract, aside from like... Uh, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, and Jacob Chikrin, really.
1: Yeah, well, uh, those players, I think, are the, are the three that are, pro- uh, are the least likely to get moved, I think, because of the value that they hold and the contracts that they have. Uh, Bill Armstrong has been trying to move as many assets as possible, as many high-value assets as possible, to get those returns. That's the reason why he has those eight draft picks in the first two rounds. Um you know, he want, again, he wants to go for the complete rebuild. That's why he traded away Connor Garland and Oliver Reckman Larson to try to get that ninth pick this, this, this previous draft. And he just kept going. He just traded Christian Dvorak away mm-hmm. for, uh, for more draft picks. And that's the. That's the play. He's going for a complete rebuild, getting these players that are only on one these one year contracts. Uh, especially because look some of these con- some of the people that had just got acquired and Jay Beagle and Tan Roussel. Uh they've signed uh Dimitri Yushkin Yashkin. they traded also Louis Erickson as part of that other um that other deal with OBL and Garland. So many new guys on this roster. It's just like uh it's a it's a completely different team, and that's what that's what Bill Armstrong is doing. Uh, with, the, with the case of Keller and Schmaltz, and I think their value is like their uh, dollar value on their contract is too high. So it's for the for the kind of play that they've been putting out there. Uh, those are contracts that were put forth by previous GM John Chaka, mm-hmm. which were very very questionable, and. It it will take a lot to convince other players, I mean, other teams to try to acquire these guys. It's like, yeah, I don't know. if I don't want to take, you know, right. $5.8 million. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he's not worth the second round to, to us. Like, I think that's what's going on in this case. And they're just like, oh, well, I guess we'll just hold on to them. And we'll maybe if they have a good season later on, we can move. We can move them.
0: All right, Robin. Last question I have. Uh, you covered most of the trades I guess that I wanted to get into but uh, one thing of note that I wanted to discuss were the changes that the Coyotes made in net they got rid of both Aiden Hill and Darcy Kemper this offseason now they're left with Carter Hutton in net what's uh, your opinion on the Coyotes goaltender situation for this upcoming season
1: this is I mean to me I think uh, the Coyotes goal was to again it, it was it was you know making sure they got those assets that they needed and like, of course, go- goaltending was, was the thing that would take a hit. And to me, I think, I, I think what it is, is like their goal is like, you know what? All we need at this point is a veteran goalie. And then, you know, obviously their, their backup, Yasef Kajinash, yeah. just going to kind of be there while they wait for their true next heir to develop in Tucson. That's, their, that's what they're hoping for um because the next few years are rebuild years um and obviously it's no surprise obviously based off how you see this roster and i don't think they'll be worried as much i think the previous years defense has been a huge question mark it's been really bad to the point where darcy camper had and aiden hill had to bail them out percent oh of the time now it's much better i mean obviously you have like a couple guys that are still the same, and Jacob Chikrin, and you know Ilya Labushkin. But they acquired some really good de- de- defensemen over the offseason. That's like I just said this in the previous episode, uh, just last week. I said this defense is a silver lining. This is a really good defense, so I don't, I don't think they have to worry about that.
0: Well, that, that's good that you do have uh, one, one bright spot here for the season. And it's always tough in the midst of a rebuild because. As a Blackhawks fan who was just in one last year, it was only one year long, fortunately, uh, or so it seems to be now that the Blackhawks have made the moves that they have this off season. But with with having those silver linings through the rebuild, that's that's what makes you hopeful, man, and and that's what keeps you watching is how how are these players going to develop? What pieces do we have right now that we already know? Okay, in a couple of years time. We may not have to worry about this certain aspect. And that's always what makes the rebuilding team so intriguing to me is how they mix and match that. How are they going to still try and obviously compete on a night-in and night-out basis, but they also have to allow some young guys to get some time and develop earlier. And maybe they're not NHL-ready, but sometimes getting those guys' action earlier on in their development, it teaches them how to be pros. And in four and five years down the line, those things are going to matter. So even though it may be – shaping up to be a tough season for the coyotes this is still going to be a crucial year for the long term i believe
1: oh it will definitely be a crucial year i'm like i, I think especially with just how every like, how jacob chicken handles this to be honest because like yeah, i think all of his like quote best friends have been traded right out. um he is like the lone person left obviously he still has uh keller and schmaltz but like It's just like, oh, my God, this is a completely new team. I got to, you know, you know, we work my chemistry with these guys. And to be honest, I mean, obviously, if there's one that needs the one that needs to focus on the chemistry, it's him because he's the future of the franchise. He's the one that's they're going to hold on to like for forever.
0: All right. The crossover with Robin Liano from Lockdown Coyotes will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, chocolate, salted caramel. And now they also have a couple of new flavors like grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. For all the strawberry lovers out there like myself, they have a really good new strawberry flavor. And they also have cookies and cream. Cherry Barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L and LOCKED, then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out builtbar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. You ready to get into some talks about the Central Division?
1: Yes, let's go ahead and do that. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be Division, right?
0: It is going to be a tough division for sure. I mean, just thinking about how it's going to shape up. Got to expect St. Louis to be good once again. Obviously, Colorado, without a doubt, is going to be there. Winnipeg just made a surprising run in the postseason uh, last year. The Minnesota Wild, I mean, it kind of all banks on Kirill Kaprizov, I think, and what he's going to do. Uh, But there's the Nashville Predators. I mean, this is not going to be a cakewalk of a division by any means. And it it seems, honestly, um, as a newcomer, this is how it always seems to be in the Central Division. I don't know what it is, but this division always seems to be deep. But come playoff time, I mean, you kind of want those type of games leading into the postseason. You want those battles against good teams that you feel can also make runs in the postseason and measure yourself against those teams and see how you feel you can compete against the best. Uh, but, but I think, in my personal opinion, it's shaping up like it's going to be a, another deep year for the Central Division, Robin.
1: And this is why I'm glad, like the one thing why I'm glad that the Coyotes are in the Central Division, because for a rebuilding team, obviously, yes, playing against a super tough division, it's going to make things harder to watch because it's like, oh, my God, this team just keeps losing. But on the other side is a rebuilding team shouldn't be in the Pacific Division this year. <laughs> right. If they were in, they'd probably be contending for a playoff spot in the Pacific Division, which is saying a lot. Um. But, yes, uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a really tough – like, all that tough division from the top down. I think, I mean, you know, even Minnesota, st- I mean, they're still having a question mark on their star player. But it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's – I don't know <laughs> how, ever, uh, how other way to
0: put it. I think it's the deepest division in hockey without a doubt. We didn't even talk about the Dallas Stars, too. I mean, made the Stanley Cup two years ago.
1: They were covid and um, last year, so it was really hard to judge how good they were supposed to be. I mean, like right. – the- of the year they you know it's like oh look they're starting hot and Joe Pavelski's doing well I was even asked asking the national show can they hold it and I'm like you know I think they can and then COVID hit them real hard and I'm like yikes
0: right yeah it's going to be fun for sure um but as for a Blackhawks perspective I'm excited to see how this new team is going to fare against those top teams the Colorado Avalanches and the St. Louis Blues Dallas Stars I'm excited to see how this team fares against those because for the first time in a while in Chicago, there's hype around this team. There is some serious, I don't want to say serious expectations, but with the moves that they have made, this this can't be another flop of a season here by Jeremy Colleton's squad. And, and if it if that happens, he's for sure going to be on the hot seat because the expectations have changed here in Chicago for the first time in a while. This team is expected to compete, and I do believe that they've made – the changes that, that they need for that to happen. Um, and in order to take that next step, you know, you got to be ready to hang with the best and Colorado avalanche. I think we've really struggled to handle that team defensively. I'm sure you can attest to that. I've seen uh, th- those playoff games from the the COVID bubble where they were getting outshot like 40 to 10. <laughs> I remember those, those um, but I mean, those are the measuring sticks that you need to have in order to, determine what kind of team you have. And I'm super excited for this Blackhawks team to hit the ice. I haven't been this excited about a Blackhawks team in quite some time, but for the coyotes, what are you kind of hoping for them to achieve out of this season in the central? Because I mean, let's face it, this roster, it's not shaped up to hang with the big boys and we know it's a rebuild. That's what's happening in Arizona. You don't have eight picks in the first two rounds of next year's draft without being in a rebuild. What is your goal for this, this season for the Arizona Coyotes, Robin?
1: Uh, the way I look at it for me is um, I want to see, obviously, hope for this team. I want to see this, uh, this team still at least put out an entertaining product on the ice because they're struggling with attendance, and they're str- and you know obviously Gila River Arena is kicking them out. Um, they have to find a new home and everything like that. They need to at least show some kind of glimmer of hope. Despite losing a lot of games that's coming up, despite this session being the team that's going to be quote trying to lose, that's go that's trying to go for that first overall pick. Because I know for sure if like that Shane Wright is on their radar, <laughs> they really want Shane Wright to the point where it's like. I think every every Coyotes fan is probably pretty much bought into the fact that this the hashtag shame for Shane sweepstakes. They're really they're bought into it. Um, which I think is a good thing because I, since they're bought into it, I think they'll hold their patience on. But again, they still need an entertainment product in the ice because of their arena situation as well.
0: Yeah, that, that makes for a tough mix. What are your uh, – la- last thing I'll ask, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Do you think uh, – I've heard they do want to make efforts to stay in Arizona, but do you think that is going to be the outcome?
1: So I've said this on – both of the previous podcasts and even said it to when the data initially happened, I I put a, I put a tweet out as well. I said, I'll make it very clear. The coyotes, as long as, first of all, as long as Gary Bettman is commissioner of the national hockey league, the coyotes will not be leaving the state of Arizona. Um, The quarterback rumors completely ignore those because, (laughs) because the coyotes, just are entering the Central Division. This make, that makes zero sense to move them to Quebec to have to do another realignment. Right. The Houston ones, still, like is Houston ready for, for a national hockey team? I don't think so. <laughs> Arizona is a good place because I've seen the way it developed. Look, they, like uh, Toronto just drafted another kid out of Scottsdale, uh, which, you know, which is where Austin Matthews is from. Mm-hmm. One of the best players in the league. From the state of Arizona. So I, I get really mad when people talk about relocation. But Arizona is going to stay in the state of Arizona because of the fact that uh, the city of Tempe, which is on the east side of Phoenix, just slightly the east side. We're pretty much on the side of the valley where all the fans are, is uh, they just asked to request proposals from literally anybody to build a arena and entertainment complex around, you know, in the north side of town. And the, the Arizona Coyotes were the only proposal to submit it by de- the deadline late last week. Uh, so that's the hope. And obviously, they, they still need the temporary home between getting kicked out from Glendale after this next year and when that finally gets built, if it gets approved. But that's, that's where the Coyotes are. They're hoping that that Tempe thing falls into place.
0: And I, I hope they do stick around because... I mean, I know it's been a tough couple of years and the organization has not been run the best to put it nicely. Um, But I've seen that there can be support there for the team when things are being run right. I think back to that 2012 postseason when the Blackhawks and the Coyotes met up and the Coyotes got the better of them. And I I remember those games in Arizona. I remember uh, the rising red. I remember the fans being in on that team and I really don't want to see a change, especially with just, as you said, the realignment occurring. It wouldn't make any sense for them to move. I don't think there needs to be a second hockey team in the state of Texas. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I I agree. I think Arizona is the rightful home for this Coyotes franchise. So, Robin, I do wish you all the best in that situation. And uh, I hope the Coyotes can stick around for years to come.
1: And again, I'm very hopeful of that, too. And I'm pretty confident of of it because everyone knows all the fans or on that east side of the valley. And um, if you've ever been here to Arizona, um, if like, especially because the the airport is, on the, is also on that east side. It's like just near downtown towards the east side. Have you ever tried to drive to Glendale? It, especially before, like at around that, you know, commute time, evening time, when everyone's going home towards the west, no one's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, it's because of how, it's like, I'll put a good, like, I'll give you perspective because I had the I went to Glendale on a uh, for it was for a football game, so it was a little bit bigger, but cause it was a Thursday night football game between the Arizona Cardinals and San Francisco 49ers. And I left from Tucson, which is already ninety minutes from Phoenix. It took me about I want to say total travel time, two and a half, maybe two, 45, five, three hours oh, to get to Glendale. Like, and Glendale's not even that far. It's just the traffic that's absolutely sucks.
0: You don't have to tell my listeners about traffic in the Chicago area. They know all about it too well, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that's why East Valley, City of Tempe, where they have the light rail, they have everything you can imagine for public transit and easy access. I can imagine... 90% capacity, even sellouts for a lot of their games if it gets built there.
0: Well, you got my bid, Robin. I hope it happens, buddy.
1: Absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's all we have for this episode, right? I believe
0: so. That was a good 30-minute chat. I think we covered all bases.
1: I, 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 I believe so as well. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to this special crossover episode, Locked on Coyotes and Locked on Blackhawks. If you would like to uh, follow us, we can, you can follow us anywhere you find your podcast at LO underscore Coyotes on Twitter. I'm personally at Robly on your one. And Jack, let us know where everyone from the Coyote side can follow you if they want to follow the Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, again, you can check into Locked On Blackhawks wherever you get your podcasts. As for me, I am on Twitter. You can check out my account at Jack Bushman too. The On Blackhawks Twitter account is at capital L capital O underscore Blackhawks. Robin, thanks again for having me on the show today, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And thanks again, everyone else for listening to, the, to today's episode. Um, again, hope you guys are all having a good week ahead of you and uh, have a good one. Bro. All
0: right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, September 13th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show